You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Where else would you rather be than right here? Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast to put money on the Pats winning today because, hey, if the Pats win, we win some cash. And if the Pats lost, we all still win, right? I'm your host, Nate, and this is an interview edition podcast where we talk to friend of the show and Bills insider Ryan Talbot of NewYorkUpstate.com. In this interview, we recap the 2018 Bills season with thoughts on the performance of Josh Allen, the coaching of Sean McDermott, and the pieces put together by Brandon Bean. We also look toward the 2019 offseason with major positional needs in question. Should the Bills hold on to LaShawn McCoy, or is it time to finally cut him loose? Should the Jets and Dolphins coaching hires worry Bills fans? And should the Bills get a new stadium downtown or renovate New Era Field in Orchard Park? He's been following the Bills as a writer since 2013 for Scout, BillsMafia.com, and currently gives you all the latest Buffalo Bills news and info for NewYorkUpstate.com. He followed the 2018 season closely and into the 2019 offseason, and I'm joined by Ryan Talbot. Ryan, it is great to have you on the podcast again. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So um, let's get right into it. The Bills finished 6-10 and 10 this last season. Um, were you surprised at all with how the season turned out? No, I, you know, last year, uh, the, well, two years ago when, the, when they ended up the uh, playoff drought, they, they kind of snuck in at 9-7. and seven. They had some breaks go their way. And, and then in the offseason, they, they traded away Tyrod Taylor. They lost Eric Wood and Richie Incognito to retirement, traded away Cordy Glenn. So you knew this team was going to look drastically different in 2018. And, you know, uh, everyone knew that at some point Josh Allen was going to take over the show. Obviously, no one knew if it was going to be, you know, week one or, or halfway through the year before, when they drafted him. But but when you get a rookie in the first round, they're going to come in and, and get a lot of playing time as a rookie. So yeah, I, I think a step back was expected. Uh, I, I think if you didn't see a step back coming, you know, that that's just kind of, I don't know why you wouldn't, I guess, would be the best way of saying it. Just because, again, uh, very, very few quarterbacks come right in out of the gate and uh, produce. And, and, and I think that six and 10, I know it sounds odd saying this, but I, I think Bill's fans should be somewhat pleased with the six and 10 record, especially with the way that Josh Allen played down the stretch. So uh, speaking of Josh Allen, I mean, were you happy with what you saw in his rookie season after being thrust into that starting role? Oh, absolutely. Uh, early on in the year, you saw a lot of, uh, rookie mistakes. A lot of the issues that you thought you would see with Josh Allen, 
where he, he made some throws that he had no business making. Uh, it, when he was first thrust into action early on in the year, there was a game against the Green Bay Packers where it was right before halftime and the Bills were finally moving the ball. And I, I believe at this point they're already in field goal range, but Allen scrambled around and then he kind of just chucked one up into the end zone. And there was, you know, there was really no one there except for a Packers defender. And it was just one of those one plays where you kind of shook your head and said, oh, you know, these are the growing pains that you expect. And, what, you know, I really think that that elbow injury that he suffered against the Texans was a blessing in disguise because when he came back from that, the game looked like it had slow, uh, slowed down significantly for him. He obviously learned when he was on the sidelines from uh, Derek Anderson. Uh, when Matt Barkley was brought in, I think that he learned a lot from Barkley as well. So when he was brought back that second stint after his injury, he had some really good games where, yeah, you may, maybe you wanted to see him pass more rather than run because a, a lot of his best plays in this second stint were with his feet. But he still made a lot of impressive throws as well. Uh, there were still a few interceptions where you said, okay, he had no business throwing that ball. He really shouldn't have done it, but it's a rookie quarterback trying to make plays for his team. And, and in some of those cases, uh, for example, against the Patriots, you know, they were playing from behind and, and those are the types of plays where I think he'll learn from it and say, okay, this is the pros. Like you can't play hero ball in the pros and make those types of throws because the defenders are simply too good and they'll be there to intercept them every time. So uh, speaking of like rookie mistakes, and everything like that. I know you've seen a lot of quarterbacks come and go through Buffalo since you've been following the team. Does he seem like the kind of quarterback that can build on his rookie season, or does he? Do you think he's reached his ceiling? Uh, I don't think he's come close to reaching his ceiling. I think of all the quarterbacks in this year's uh, rookie class, I think Allen has the highest ceiling, and I think there's still so much room for him to grow. And I'm not saying he'll be ever be a 60% passer, but I think you're going to see his accuracy percentage go up in 2019 and beyond, you know, a, a lot of the plays that he had this year were, were throws down the field, uh, intermediate to long throws, mind you. And he, he definitely needed to some work on those short throws that he, that he did have. And the screen game was a bit of a disaster this year, which, you know, goes back to the offensive line than their struggles. But I, I think you'll see the team kind of mix in more of those short intermediate passes in his second season, and that'll boost up his completion percentage. And I think they're going to address the offensive line in the offseason. I'm pretty confident in that. So I think that's going to help him as a passer as well. And, and maybe also as a runner, because, you know, he, he already can do a lot on his own when he's scrambling around and get, going away from pressure. But you could see more um, play calls from Brian Dable that are actually planned quarterback runs. And if you have a quality offensive line in there blocking for him, he can do a lot of damage. So what is your assessment of the job that Sean McDermott has done in his second full season as the Bills head coach? You know, there, there's some good and there's some bad, uh, just like any coach in this league. Uh, I think that Sean McDermott does a, a really good job of keeping his team motivated, doing a really nice job with, the, with the, this roster that he inherited that is lacking talent in a lot of areas. Um, in his in-game coaching, I would really like to see some improvements on here coming up in year three. I, I think that he needs someone. I, I don't know who runs the show in terms of the, you know telling him to challenge plays, but I, I felt like this year that was really bad. I, I feel like um, he, he seldom won a challenge or a review. So whoever helps him with that process, that needs to be revamped. 
some just some in-game coaching, timeout usage, burning timeouts when you don't necessarily need to. Little things like that. Halftime adjustments, I think the Bills did a nice job there this year, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they, they were pretty solid even going all the way back to the second half of the Chargers game early on the season where uh, they were getting beaten up pretty good there in the first half by Phillip Rivers and, and company. And then all of a sudden they really settled in and then they kind of shut them down in the second half. So second half adjustments, I feel like that was a positive for him. Like I said, he keeps his guys motivated. He, he did a really nice job with the talent that they had, but there's little things that he can still work on. Absolutely. Okay, now moving on to the general manager. Um, the Bills GM, Brandon Bean, has had almost two seasons. Um, what are your thoughts on the job he's done in putting pieces in place for Sean McDermott? I, I think he's done a nice job. I think this is his, his big year coming up now, though, because he, he's fixed the salary cap, so to speak. Uh, he's taken a lot of bad contracts off the books. I'm sure you'll see Charles Clay come off the books this offseason as well. Uh, so the Bills are going to have somewhere in the high 80s to even up to $100 million in, in money to spend in free agency. And that doesn't mean that you just go out and blow all their money and, and kind of put themselves in the same situation all over again. But but this is his chance to address the offensive line with some veterans. I, I think that for the most part, you want to get some veteran players in there that you know can come in and help from day one, maybe draft one rookie in the first three rounds along that offensive line that can help. But, but get those experienced guys that can protect Josh Allen and he can go out and see what's available in terms of a number one wide receiver. There's really nothing in the free agent market, but maybe there's some trade opportunities Uh, this year's draft class. I'm not going to sit here and say that there is a superstar in waiting in the draft at wide receiver, but it's a deep class in terms of guys that you're going to see come off the board in the first two rounds. And there's some guys that could emerge as the number one wide receiver. So you know, Bean did some, he made some nice moves, obviously, such as Robert Foster and, you know, his staff evaluated him after the draft, signing him as an undrafted free agent. They found Levi Wallace as an undrafted free agent after the draft. Uh, in season, they clearly wanted Isaiah McKenzie as they tried to claim him at one point before the Broncos promoted him. And then after he was waived by the Broncos, they did end up getting him the second time around. So he found some pieces out there on the street. He found some pieces after the draft. Um, this year's draft class, you know, it wasn't at the, the type of level that you saw from like the Colts draft class, for instance. Uh, but, but I feel like this year's draft class performed well too. Josh Allen, Edmonds, obviously, uh, Harrison Phillips when called upon and he'll obviously have a bigger role in year two. Wyatt Teller had an up and down year there, uh, at guard and obviously Taron Johnson before he went down with an injury. I think he was one of the best, uh, nickel cornerbacks in, in the NFL as a rookie. So that, that says a lot about the work that uh, Bean and company did in, in, with the draft class and with adding some uh, talent, Jordan Phillips, too, uh, in season. Okay, great. great. Well, you just mentioned um, kind of the the idea that the Bills might cut Charles Clay in his cap hit. Well, along that same line, I mean, obviously, LaShawn McCoy is a huge cap hit, and he just got done with his worst season as a running back. I mean, would you keep him around for one more year? If he's willing to restructure his deal, Um, and and I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think the Bills, you know, the the Bills did this two years at least with Richie Incognito, where where here's a guy that's actually producing at a high level, and they get him to uh, restructure. And obviously he restructured in the offseason last year before he retired. 
Um, but if they're going to do that with a player that's playing at a high level, I don't see how you can go. You can't go to LaShawn McCoy and say, listen, you're coming off the worst year, your worst years of pro. And yes, there were some issues with the offensive line, uh, but we have some concerns. And I, there's no way that, first of all, LaShawn McCoy is going to get that type of uh, money if he was cut just straight up uh, as a free agent this year. So I think even he would be willing to listen and say, okay, what can I do in terms of restructuring? How much money am I going to get? Are there some guarantees that I can get out of this deal as well? I, I think McCoy is a pretty smart man. And I think when he said, you know, I'm in the plans for 2019, I think he knows that that kind of money that he's getting currently, he's not going to get elsewhere. But I don't think the bills are going to offer him that either. I think they're going to offer him a restructured deal. And I think it'd be pretty wise to take it at this point in his career. Okay, so we mentioned offseason needs, and you talked about offensive line and wide receiver. I mean, are those the two biggest needs, and are there any other needs that this team needs to look at in 2019? Well, you know, I do think offensive line is far and away their number one priority, especially the interior of that offensive line. Uh, I've said for a few months now that Matt Paradise, if he does hit the free agent market, needs to be their number one target out of Denver. I think he, you know, he's a former Pro Bowl center. Uh, he's a guy that can come right in and play at a high level. Uh, his offensive line coach is still out there and available, so the Bills uh, have interest in him as well, Sean Kugler. So maybe that that's another connection there. So, yeah, definitely offensive line, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Wide receiver, I would say, is number two. Um, you, you know, you can obviously make an argument for tight end. The good news for the Bills is this is the t- uh, deepest tight end draft that I can probably remember uh, I would say at least maybe in the last decade, at least on paper, there's some really, really good tight ends that could fall to those middle rounds of the draft. The Bills, obviously, if they want to in the first two or three rounds, though, if they want to go out and get a guy, then they could get a really good uh, talent as well. But you, you need some time to let tight ends develop for whatever reason. They seem to need a really long or at least a few seasons, I should say, to develop in the NFL defensive side of the ball. I'm going to say that the defensive line is probably the area that uh, needs the most work because Levi Wallace really emerged in uh, at the end of the year when he first, well, I should say when he first got the opportunity to play. So I don't think cornerback number two is necessarily a priority anymore. I think they had a veteran to compete for the job and, you know, give Wallace a chance to win it uh, in the off season. I think your linebackers are pretty well set. I would be surprised if Lorenzo Alexander doesn't return for one more year. Uh, Thomas Davis maybe is in the cards as a depth and rotation type guy with Carolina kind of saying they're not bringing him back this year, but on the defensive line, you need to replace Kyle Williams. And yeah, Jordan Phillips says that he feels he could do it. And Harrison Phillips probably feels like he could do a lot more in a, in a bigger role. But in this year's draft class, if you're, it's especially deep on defense in the first round. So if they're pick, sitting there at pick nine and a guy like Ed Oliver's on the board, They'd be foolish to pass on him. Oliver's a guy that can stop the run, but he can also get after the quarterback. So I think the defensive line is still an issue. I think you still have some question marks about defensive end. Uh, Jerry Hughes is entering the final year of his contract in 2019. Shaq lost, and the team needs to decide if they're picking up his fifth-year option. And it it would be a surprise, but they could even get out of Trent Murphy's deal in the offseason this year if they wanted to. Because there are some names, uh, bigger name players that could hit the market, although I, I'm not necessarily expecting it. Um, but, you know, Jadavian Clowney, there's Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, I'm sure these are guys that will either get re-signed or franchise tagged. But, but there are some uh, really good defensive end players that could hit the market. So the Bills could even attack that. But on, So definitely on defense, defensive line. But 
overall offensive line is their number one need this offseason. Okay, great. Great. Well, as far as the AFC East is concerned, um, the Dolphins just made their, or the Jets just made their head coaching hire. Dolphins are expected to make one in the next week or so. Um, what are your thoughts on those hires right now? And uh, should the Bills fans be worried about them? Well, you know, you, you never know what happens in these interviews. And you don't know if Adam Gase really is a QB guru and this will be great for Sam Darnold or not. But I thought that was kind of an uninspiring hire. Um, I, I just feel like they that he had his chances to impress. He had his chances to move away from Ryan Tannehill and to go out and uh, get someone if he really wanted to. And he, and he never really did in Miami. Um, the, the offenses in Miami never were really that great under Gase. So I, I don't I didn't think that was a great hire. You know, Miami, like you said, they haven't made anything completely official yet. Um, I, I just didn't think either hire was inspiring. I, I think there's I would I would have rather have seen them take a chance if I'm a head or if I'm a team looking for head coach. I, I would rather take a chance on a guy like Cliff King. Uh, I'm sorry, like Arizona Cardinals made, you know, bring in a guy that at least has that offensive background. Um, and, and I know that Texas Tech struggled when he was there, but he doesn't have to worry about recruiting defensive players. This is the NFL. He can go out and draft uh, Nick Bosa, number one. And if he can go in there and help Josh Rosen's career, that'd be good. Gase had, has had his opportunities and, and he's known as a QB guru because of his time with Peyton Manning. And I mean, Peyton Manning didn't need a QB guru at that point in his career. I think he just made Gase look good more than anything else. So yeah. uh, I, I would say they're uninspiring, but we really don't know. It'll, it'll take a few seasons for both of these teams. Uh, and and we'll really see down the road. Uh, agree right there on the Adam Gase versus Peyton Manning thing. I think everyone, I think he's pretty much made everyone look good since then. Um, so a lot has been made about the Bills Stadium as they sent a survey out recently to fans asking about stadium renovations versus a new stadium being built. Um, what are your thoughts and which makes the most sense to you? Well, that's a good question. You know, I'm kind of I have mixed feelings on it because I've always known the stadium to be uh, in Orchard Park and I've always you know I've I still call it the Ralph uh, even though it's New Era Field now but there's only so many renovations you can make at a place like that and yes there are things they could do there but I I think that they're going to start leaning towards a downtown stadium that's just my hunch um, I just think it makes sense with the way that the you know the Pagulas have already invested a lot in downtown Buffalo. I just think it makes sense for them to put a stadium down there as well. And and I know some fans are concerned about traffic and, and I'm sure that it wouldn't be ideal. I'm sure it might take longer to exit the stadium if it wasn't downtown Buffalo, but this is still Buffalo, New York. This is not a place where you're going to be waiting there for hours on end or anything like that. Like you do in these bigger cities uh, that, that have NFL teams. Um, I, I do think that the Pagulas might even lean towards the stadium downtown because it would kind of uh, curb tailgating um, and probably make fans lean towards going places downtown before games if they wanted to do something. And that might kind of um, lead to fewer videos on uh, <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> and been, on yeah. social media sites. So at the end of the day, I, we'll wait and see because I, I think the the Pagulas really do want to hear from the fans. That doesn't mean they're going to let the fans make the decision for them. Mm-hmm. But when all is said and done, I, I'm, I just have this hunch that they're going to go with the downtown stadium. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what worries me about a downtown stadium is the possibility of PSLs being an issue. And um, and, and I'm wondering if the Bills, well, I guess, first off, do you think they would require that just to build a new stadium? And secondly, do you think Bills fans would pay for it? Because I know that in past seasons, not so much recently, but in past seasons, they've had issues with with filling out the stadium. Now, if the Bills continue to do well, that won't be an issue. But um you know, do you think that that's something Bills fans in general would support? Uh, PSLs would be a very tough sell in Buffalo, New York. Again, yeah. th- this is not a major market. This is a still a small town team in the grand scheme of things in the NFL. Uh, I just think that the Pagulas have to get really creative with it if that was something that they would be doing here with a downtown stadium, because this just is not the the Buffalo does not have the type of economy that can yeah. support that. Uh, and, and yes, winning would help cure some of that because you could probably get some of those sold, but it, it, it's just the overall economy of Buffalo in general. I mean, you, you could have a great team and I, I still would see some people struggling to pay for, for those PSLs. Yep. Okay. So Ryan, you are always doing a ton of work for NewYorkUpstate.com. Uh, what kind of articles are you working on uh, in the future? Well, we're going to hit a lot of draft coverage here coming up, obviously. We're going to be looking maybe at some of the best prospect fits in some of these games coming up, like the Senior Bowl. Uh, One thing I'm going to get started on here very soon is I'm going to kind of look position by position uh, at the Bills and just to see who is further along in their rebuild. You know, obviously both teams went out and made trades to get a quarterback in last year's draft. Um, So after one year, we're going to I'm going to kind of look at which team is kind of further ahead in that race to challenge the Patriots or even just kind of take over the division in the next few years, because Tom Brady did lose a, you know, lose a step this year, whatever you want to say, he was not the same quarterback this year. Uh, He he had his struggles. And and I do think you're going to see uh, a changing of the guard, maybe in the next two to three years. Okay, great. So he is Ryan Talbot from NewYorkUpstate.com. Find all his work there. He's a wealth of knowledge on Bill's, um, articles and bills information. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. And I uh, really want to thank you again for coming on uh, the podcast. And it's always a pleasure to talk bills with you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks again to Ryan Talbot of NewYorkUpstate.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills if you're not already following him. If you have any thoughts on anything we discussed today, like keeping LeJean McCoy on the roster on a restructured deal, or building a new stadium downtown instead of renovating New Era Field, please tweet us or email us and let us know. I'm on vacation next week in Florida, but we'll try to talk bills with you guys again over vacation if I'm able to. Um, but if I do end up recording one by any chance, um, please lower expectations for that podcast. I mean, not like we ever put a ton of production value into these things, obviously, but um, but yeah, it's just going to be, yeah, just lower expectations. Like, um, I guess a good analogy for the bills would be like Billy Joe Hobart low. Um, like, you know, coming in, to a game and throwing two interceptions in one half. Maybe I should say Nathan Peterman low. Think Nathan Peterman low, <laughs> except I don't want you guys to hate us because I just said that. <laughs> um, anyways, um, all right, go Bills. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again to Ryan Talbot of NewYorkUpstate.com, and we'll talk to you guys again soon.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.